Today on Questions with Father on the SSPX podcast, we are happy to welcome Father Nicholas Gardner, the chaplain for St. Mary's College in St. Mary's, Kansas, to discuss the topic of dating. The world has a very different idea about dating, so much so that it's properly known in the Catholic sense by an entirely different word, courtship. So what is Catholic courtship, and how does it differ from the normal idea of dating? This is an episode that every young man or woman should review before they begin any sort of dating or courtship. As always, if you would like to see more of these episodes, you can see all of our previous iterations of our Questions with Father series at sspxpodcast.com, and there you can subscribe to the podcast. And if you're able to set up a small monthly recurring donation, it would help us immensely, and we would be most appreciative. We would also greatly appreciate it if you subscribed to this channel on YouTube. Doing that will cause more people to see these videos as they're released. Now, let's talk with Father Nicholas Gardner on the SSPX podcast. Father Gardner, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Good. Great to be back again. Great to see you again. Good. This time in person. This is nice. Yeah, it is nice. This is my first time recording in the studio. It's very, very pretty. Yeah, this is good. I like yeah. it. Um, so you are you are the chaplain for St. Mary's College, and in that capacity, I wanted to chat with you for a little bit about dating um, in the Catholic sense. Uh, dating is, you know, mis- misconstrued, I think, by a lot of Catholics as, you know, we, we tend to look at dating in the same way that modernists look at dating or the modern world looks at dating. And there are some big differences. Um, so in your capacity as a chaplain for the college, I'm sure you've had some of these conversations with some of the students there. Um, so broadly, let's just start with what is dating in the Catholic sense and how does that differ from how the modern world sees it? Yeah, good. Perfect place to start. Uh, because while materially it might in some cases look very similar, uh, really the reason why changes everything mm-hmm. in every aspect of our lives. Once the reason why changes, then even if materially things look very similar, the consequences are very different. Uh, it, what we mean when we say why, we talk about the final cause. It's in anything that we do, the reason why we say it's first in intention and last in execution. Okay. So because it's the reason why, it's what we're building towards. It's the conclusion of that action or whatever. And But it's also the first thing in our minds when we begin it. And so it steers everything along the way. So obviously, when it comes down to it, Catholic dating is going to look very different because our reason why is clearly defined. The reason why someone would date as a Catholic is to prepare for marriage. It's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. I think everyone's on the same page. Whereas if you weren't a Catholic, the reason could be just companionship wanting to not be alone, have someone else with you in your life. Uh, it might just be for pleasure, for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and undoubtedly, it is good to have a companion. It is good. Dating is something that is ultimately very fun for right. young people. It's very exciting. But it's not the reason why. Right. And if you shift the reason why, well, then you can just see all the disasters that would come if you are dating for pleasure or just for companionship. Obviously, you're in the, the possibilities of that turning sour are massive. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason why is big. Now, <clears throat> say the reason the reasons why is for marriage, but that can actually sound a little bit abstract, and I think it can actually help us to clear it up some if we look at it a little bit differently. Because if you just take a young man who is dating, say, too early, um, he's 
probably not thinking a lot about the consequences in his life about how badly that could go. If you were to maybe cut that into a, a pie graph and see what slice of people who are dating too early realize how dangerous that can be for their life. Well, then consider how much that pie slice restricts when we ask, how many of those are thinking about how bad that is for the other person mm -hmm. in the relationship that you're hurting that person's life? Mm -hmm. But how slim is the slice of that pie that says how, uh, how bad that will be for your kids? And I think if we think of the reason for dating as a family and kids, that really changes it because you think, how much are kids ripped off by dumb decisions that were made in dating? Mm -hmm. Doesn't that just give them a really tough start for life if they've got parents that don't love each other or that have been unfaithful to each other? And so when things have gone badly in dating in the beginning, well, the consequences in the end are massive for the kids. So if you kind of step back and you think of dating, it really sobers us to think, well, there are souls, there are little souls that are going to be affected a lot by the decisions I make when I'm 18. Right, right. So I think when we look at why for a Catholic, it's not just marriage, it's, it's the reason for marriage. It's kids and, and God loves kids. He loves kids and that's why he wants us to have the best families possible. He wants you to date well and marry well and then have a good family at the right time in your life. And then those kids have the best chance to save their souls. So to kind of distill that all down, don't start dating until you're ready for marriage. Is that the basic principle? So, so if, if you're an 18 year old, for instance, and we're, we're using a lot of hypotheticals here throughout this whole conversation, because individual circumstances exactly. will vary, yeah. right? Um, but broadly, if you're 18 years old, just graduated high school and you're starting four years of college, for instance, you shouldn't really be starting to date because you still have four years of college left and you're not ready to get married. So you exactly. should wait yeah. until you are ready to get married and not the day, but give it some time. Is that right? Yeah. I think, I think like you said, with some distinctions to make that clear, because obviously you're not going to get married the day that you start dating. So there's a bit of a buffer, but you do have to count backwards mm -hmm. from that time when you're certainly going to be ready. Uh, and I think obviously that introduces then so many questions. Once we do look at why, well then all these other questions about when, how, who, right. all those things obviously just drop on the table in front of us. All the things we want to look about, sure. look at, um, you sent me some of the questions that mm -hmm. you've gotten on the website um, about those different things. Uh, I think we already basically answered the who question mm -hmm. because it's only going to be somebody who you realistically might date, mm -hmm. uh, that you might marry, rather. Right. So it's someone that you might marry. Um, on that sense of also kind of counting backwards from you know, when you're ready to get married, how long should someone be dating? Should you be dating someone for only a very short time or can it be for two years or five years? Or is, is there any guidance on the, from the church's point of view? Or is this more just kind of prudential advice on your end, Father? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> so we do have kind of standard practice that, the, that we've been given in the church over the years. And, and I asked a lot of the priests in the priory before coming here, mm -hmm. what are the things that you've always heard? What are the things that the church has always given? Obviously, there's no encyclical that says right. we need this amount of time to get married, right? It's so, a sin to go beyond six months, right? right. There's nothing like that. Exactly. Okay. But what you get instead is just common practice of the church and what's been advised. And it's really, really, really common sense, like most of the church is teaching, right? right. So... Um, I think a good way to just consider it is that there's a clock and this clock starts ticking the moment you enter into an exclusive relationship okay. with somebody. So what we mean by exclusive relationship, it's kind of good to define too. You might think of it as 
if you were to date someone other than that person, that person would feel betrayed. Okay. That could kind of define what an exclusive relationship is. So some people say, oh, we're not really dating or waiting to date when in fact they're already dating because it's already an exclusive relationship. Right. So you think of a clock as kind of starting to tick then. And uh, different things are going to happen at different points along that timeline. So I think it's pretty clear that you know, the, the traditional timeline of, of in the past that might have been thrown out of six months of dating and six months of engagement, it might be a little bit short for a lot of our young people just because of maturity and the ability to commit. Um, but any once we get past that, it's going to start getting more difficult, more dangerous. Okay. So a common number that's thrown out would be maybe 18 months total between dating and engagement. Okay. It's a pretty good round number to aim for. And once you get past that, you start running into danger. And we mm -hmm. start seeing couples that suffer a shipwreck along the way. And that just makes their marriage less happy. When you talk about danger, are you talking about the possibility for falling into sin? Or are you talking about the possibility of the relationship falling apart because they don't have the sacramental grace of marriage? Well, both in fact, but the first is a more immediate danger. Uh, and to kind of explain how that works, what the danger is, um, another kind of analogy. So if you've ever dated somebody, you know the sort of intoxicating feeling of when, you know, this young person tells this one that they love them. Mm -hmm. And you realize that and you realize that it's vice versa. And once it happens, the way God has made us, there's a tendency to be eventually together in marriage, right? right? And God has designed everything to tend towards that union, which is mm -hmm. great. But once you have that, it's like these two magnets that begin pulling to, to, to tend towards union. Mm -hmm. And the longer they're together, and especially it takes a big jump when you say, oh, I'm going to put a ring on my finger that says, I'm going to spend the rest of my life and give everything to you. Mm -hmm. Now those magnets just got a lot closer. Right. And the closer they get, the stronger they pull and the harder it is going to be to keep them away. So there is a certain natural timeline that you want to follow. And the danger that um, of shipwreck by sin during that time is very, very great. Mm -hmm. And some people, you run into this all the time when you're talking with young people and they say, well, it's different with us. We're very virtuous. We pray the rosary together. We do all these good things together. So that danger is not quite the same with us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the Catholic Church has about 2,000 years of experience of human <laughs> nature, and we all have the same fallen human nature. Right. And it's good to be virtuous. It's good to pray. But there is a certain timeline you just have to respect. Right. So that's why the church is, is cautious about having very long engagements. Um, you know, six months, maybe if it's a year, okay. But if it starts getting into 18 months of an engagement, that's danger exactly. territory. You would, you would recommend <clears throat> against that, Father. Exactly. So that's to, to wrap it together now, the, the point of the clock. So if that clock starts ticking and you suddenly risk, because sometimes you sort of end up in one of these relationships sure. and you don't really intend to start dating happens, this person. Yeah. And now you just realize, oh, well, there's this really, this relationship. And often someone will come talk to us and say, Father, I realize yeah, there is a thing and we're this far away. And if you look at that and you say, oh, I've still got this many years of college, so we're dating now and it's going to be three years till we can be married. It's just not safe. Mm -hmm. And you can make arguments about distance and say, well, we only see each other so much. The arguments about distance often are a little bit antiquated mm -hmm. because it's not like you're just writing letters to each other. Right. We've got FaceTime. Right. You're talking all the time on the phone. You can fly and spend a weekend with a person as they always will. Because right. you love each other, so you're going to go going fly to, and yeah. see them and spend all that time together. So the distant ar distance argument is not very sound. Unless maybe you're just writing letters. Right. Um, so, uh, so once you see it's that long, 
You just have to have the mortification to say, this isn't God's will for me right now. Mm -hmm. And maybe by doing that, you actually make it possible to have a safe marriage with that person Mm -hmm. because you step back and you say, no, this isn't what God wants. Right. And you could say, but I know that this is the person (laughs) that I'm meant for. And God wouldn't bring us together if maybe it wasn't God that brought you together. Maybe it was just human attraction and God allowed this just like he allows a lot of things. Sure. So yeah, the clock is pretty important. Just have a really clear sense. You don't really want this going past 18 months, definitely not past 24. Okay, fair enough. Um, Let's get into some rules, some prudential rules for physicality um, and and being together. Um, Some couples um, I've seen, I've, I've heard some couples, they won't be alone together at all until say they're engaged or even until they're married. Um, some other couples say that's a little bit too extreme. We are allowed to be alone together. That's a good thing so that we can talk privately and candidly. Um, what are some rules about being alone together? And does that differ at various stages? We're not really talking about physical uh, issues here. We're just talking about being alone together. Good. Yeah. That's it. That is one of the biggest questions. Uh, And I think there's a good reason to ask it too, because obviously uh, when you love someone, you're gonna wanna get to know them. It's one of the main reasons Mm -hmm. why you're dating, to get to know this person. And the argument is, well, how am I gonna get to know them if we're only together in big groups? Right. Uh, So it's a a good reason to ask to look for it. And yet when we, the issue is we gotta have a risk reward analysis here. So what's the reward? Well, it's getting to know this person better. What's the risk? What's pretty clear? You're alone in a private place. Um, that's when the danger is for mm-hmm. falling into sin together. And what's the good? Well, the good is getting to know this person, which I have to do in order sure. to marry them. And the bad is the destruction of everything we're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe a distinction about what alone means is helpful. So we, when we say alone in this case, what we mean is alone in a private place. That's what's dangerous. So alone out to dinner, not a problem, right? right? Probably nothing really dangerous is going to happen out at a restaurant. Uh, and so there are certain circumstances where you can have some some privacy and be together. Um, you know, there can be public places where you go and you can walk together, you know, in a park or something like that. And there's going to be no problem because mm-hmm. uh, you're alone, but you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And all those good things that you want to get by knowing that person are achievable. And yet the dangerous things are not up, are not on the table. Sure. So I think um, that helps just to see what we mean by being alone. Um, There are some other aspects about being alone which are dangerous. So one of them, I think, which is often missed, so it's good to have chaperones, obviously, someone who's going to be around and take care of you. Um, And it doesn't have to be like they're riding in between you in the car or something like that. But some chaperones are better than others. You know, sometimes you, you know, so you say you've got a guy and he's got a roommate and so he invites his girlfriend over to watch a movie. Okay, mm-hmm. there's more than one person there, fine. But if your roommate is a really lousy chaperone <laughs> and he gets to two o'clock in the morning and you're still watching a movie, he's going to bed. Right. He's not gonna stay up and right. take care of you and make sure you're staying out of trouble. So, and some parents don't. Some right. parents don't, they're too naive or whatever and they don't uh, take care of that responsibility. So it's a big deal to make sure you uh, have the right kind of people watching out for you. Uh, so if you go to watch a movie, for example, at your girlfriend's family's house, well, then you probably want to start it early and mm-hmm. not have it go really late and make sure you go home if, if the parents are not good chaperones at a certain point. Sure. Also, uh, not to belabor the point, but also just to give some, some uh, confidence to people who are dating, you know, say point A is a public place and point B is a public place. Obviously, you can drive in the car together right. from point A to point B. Uh, you don't really want to stop off and spend a bunch of time alone in the car together. Even really long road trips mm-hmm. for a couple are pretty dangerous. So that kind of prudence. 
when we go back to the risk reward, it's what gives you a chance to make sure you actually have a good safe preparation and you don't mm-hmm. spoil things by falling into sin. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's super helpful. Thank you for those guidelines. Um, what else did you want to talk about before we close this up, Father? Uh, just maybe a thousand things. Yeah, uh, there's, I was just going to yeah. say, there's a lot that we could talk <laughs> about, true. but we're just kind of doing a broad mm-hmm. overview here. No, this um, is good. Yeah. Uh, what, one thing that I would like to hit before we go, uh, just because I notice in working with young adults, it's one thing that um, can cause a lot of confusion is uh, one particular area where sometimes traditional Catholics are not really good at dating. Um, Mm. And I would say it's in managing attraction. So uh, the idea that you're attracted to somebody doesn't mean that you have to do something about it. Uh, And that may sound pretty obvious, but uh, in some cases, I wonder if some people have just watched too many Disney movies or they have some other really odd idealized idea about dating and marriage. Um, So we said that you should only date somebody who you think you could really marry. Mm -hmm. But for some people, I think that comes across as I'm only going to date the person I'm going to marry. So the first person I date ideally should be the person that I'm going to marry. And so then as soon as they feel attraction for somebody, then they think, well, this is it. God has laid this out for me and I have to marry this person. And they can be swept up in what's really just the excitement of the first time that they got a crush on somebody. Right. And then they run away with that. Um, So just because you're dating somebody doesn't seem, doesn't mean that you have to marry them. Right. And, um, this can also be, you know, our, our education system and our schools are very good in the society. And of course, it's ideal that we, we educate boys here, we educate girls over here in high school, and we don't want them dating in high school. But one sort of byproduct that can occur is that once they graduate, and now that for the first time, they've really got a lot of freedom to spend time with each other. Now they're not really used to being around each other. And so a boy meets a girl and they really feel that attraction for the first time. And they're ultimately just kind of boy crazy or girl Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. And they haven't really experienced that it's okay to be attracted to somebody and not have to do anything about it. Right. You can actually just chill out and you can keep your distance relax, and you can not act like an idiot, you know, and just, (laughs) and just like they say to a, you know, a football player, you know, when they've gotten to the end zone, they say, you know, act like you've been here before. So, (laughs) so you don't have to be, um, you don't have to take your emotions too seriously in that sense. Right. So it's the ability just to step back and manage that attraction. And this is one thing you mentioned dating in the college is that we don't have dating in the college. Mm. So our, our students in St. Mary's, they're, they're generally a pretty mature bunch or we're pretty pleased with them. It's not to say that nobody ever is attracted to anybody else, but they're expected to not date other members of the college because it's very clear where they are in life. That 18 month clock is not ticking yet. Mm-hmm. So they know, okay, we got to study a bit, especially for our young men, they've got you know, after they finish a few years in our college, maybe they're going to go on to study other things. They've got to become proficient in their, their trade or whatever it is they're going to pursue. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're going to need some time. And if they start dating right, then it's clearly disordered. So the idea that, um, you're in a college here and there's a girl sitting next to you and she's pretty, and there's nothing that you are going to do about that. It's okay. You can just remain calm about that. And the maturity there has really been, uh, a breath of fresh air to see the college students. They have a good attitude about it. That's good. Um, and in the same vein, you know, just because someone, and, and this is going to sound like an obvious thing too, but just because you have that initial attraction to someone doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to be a good fit for your spouse for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, you know, I, I've dated before. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. Right. Um, like we've talked about, but that's a, a, that's an emotion and emotions go away and then you have to deal with real life and you have to deal with, 
all right, is this person going to be good for my soul? Is this person going to be good for my kids' souls in the future? Can I spend the rest of my life with them? And that has nothing to do with being Twitterpated, right? And it has nothing to do <laughs> exactly. with emotions. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's exactly it. It actually, it brings us back to our first point of, well, why would you date? Right. Is it because you enjoy being with this person? Um, or is it uh, because it's a lot of fun? Uh, is it because you take your emotions too seriously? Or is it rather that you have a little bit of foresight, you can see what God really wants for you, which is to grow up a little bit, have some maturity. And after you've gotten to know these people, maybe as friends and with other people around, that then you're in a better position to date when you are more mature and now you're really following God's providence because yeah. that's the right time in your life. Absolutely. Father, this has been super helpful. And again, this has been very broad. Um, there's going to be specific scenarios that may be different for different people. Um, I would recommend people talk to their parents, talk to older family members who have been through this before, talk to a priest about your specific circumstances. But I think this helps to kind of set the set the stage for you know moving forward on this topic yeah you nailed it it's good to, to get all that input and help because we're not very smart when we're young we still have a lot of growing up to do and it helps to have all that help that's Absolutely. a great point father thanks so much you're welcome thank all you right. andrew